Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 30. Let's roll. And I, I you know, I got I to gotta start by just saying I am so grateful to all of you listening. I, I, I'm getting so much great feedback and, and really the whole team is, is getting a lot of great feedback. Obviously, we had a great show last week with Evan Silva and uh, yeah, just Thank you, guys. It means a lot, and I love it. Uh, we have a, another great show today, and, and, I, and I know you're going to love it. But as usual, I want to start real quick with a little Dynasty game theory, something I was thinking about. Um, you know, It was regarding trades and how we all value like who won a trade or not. We see it all the time. We send Twitter polls, and it's like, who won the trade? And, and we stress about whether or not you know, uh, who won that trade, and if you win a trade or if you lost a trade. And, and then sometimes I'll hear other analysts say, you know, don't worry if you win or lose a trade, just go get your guy. Well, which is it, right? Who's right? Well, I have an opinion on this and, and, and uh, a little bit of sort of game theory strategy that kind of goes along with it. And, and when I bring my guest on, I'm kind of curious as to what, what he's going to say about this. But let me, let me kind of get this out. Um, during, Dynasty, during Dynasty leagues, there are, there are periods of frenzied trade action. Generally in the startup draft, there's a lot of frenzied trade action. So there's a, 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 a high, very high volume uh, amount of trades often during your rookie draft is another time where there's just a ton of trades happening right maybe if you're in a rebuild you start to just make a lot of trades so you're you're you're, you're in a high volume trade period right well and then there are moments you're just making a single trade you're maybe acquiring a player or you're just making a, a, a move to better your roster or uh, you're trying to make a stretch run uh, during the playoffs or, you know, something like that. Uh, and I would refer to these as sort of those singular trades. Well, I view these types of trades differently, the singular trade and the frenzy trades, right? So uh, during the frenzy periods, uh, you want to be able to win those trades. Why? Because you're going to be making a high volume of them. And so if you're, if you're losing each one of them, you're going to, to lose a ton of value. But if you win those trades, you're going to be gaining a ton of value. But it, when you're making a one-off trade, Obviously, it's less important because you know you just want to quote unquote get your guy, and if you get that guy that helps you win the helps you win the ship, that's all that mattered. Uh, but during a rebuild or during a draft or during you know these these moments when you're making high volume trades, um, it, it's very important to win those. You know the the reverse can be true, and I gotta say you gotta I've seen teams, and I'm not gonna name any names. I've, I've seen some, some people literally do the opposite, trade over and over and over again uh, and lose almost all their value. Like one time I saw, uh, and my guests will know about this, we, w- we won't mention any names, but one time I saw uh, this before, a single game was ever even played, and then the, and then the team was orphaned. It was majestic. It was awesome. Uh, this person made all these moves and just, just devalued the, the roster to nothing and then orphaned it before they ever started the league. It was, it was awesome. But remember, just make a good deal, something that helps your team, and don't stress the deals out too much. And speaking of someone who doesn't stress very much is my next guest. I, I'm, so, I'm so happy to have him on. Today, I welcome my friend, Randall Kennedy, to the pod. Randall is one of my partners here at the Undroppables and one of the co-founders. He hosts our first ever podcast, Unscripted. He can be found at FF Terminator, FF underscore Terminator. He is one of the absolute best football minds you'll ever encounter, and I'm super excited to have him here. Term, what is up? What is up, man? I'm super happy to be here. 
Super happy that Evan Silva could come in last week and be my undercard to the main event for your listeners here. I'm going to bring seven different kinds of smoke. And I know the eighth, you're going to, you're going to provide that, but we won't, we won't go there. And I'm, yeah, I'm super well, happy to be here. Last time I was on your show, I was sick. Um, so let's get it, man. Well, I think this time people can maybe hear it in my voice. I'm a little under the weather myself, but I think uh, I think the the smoke might warm me up a little bit and, <laughs> uh, and and get me going. Hey, what did you think about that nonsense that drabble I was talking about uh, before before I brought you on about just sort of the the general philosophy of making these trades? And you know, I was thinking about it a bit because I was like, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you win the trade, lose a trade, is that important? Oh, go get your guy. That whole talk around that, and I thought. It's kind of simple, man. You know, in those frenzied moments, win those damn things, you know. But uh, when you're trying to, you know, win the ship or, like, make a move that really betters your team, ah, you can afford to lose that one as long as it really makes you better. What are your thoughts? So it's super complex. I feel like if you're that team that's going for the ship and you're trading for that extra piece uh, that's going to put you over the top, it's not necessarily important to, and I'm doing air quotes here, win the trade uh you're you're trying to get your guy you're trying to win a a a belt a trophy um and i'm all about that you know me i'm I'm all about going after that ring uh and making that deal if it makes you better in that moment i'm all for it um dynasty trades are complex in their in and of itself because a lot of times it's not known who won a trade immediately. Uh, A lot of times it doesn't, you know, it's a year away before it reveals itself, before the dust settles, before you know what's going on, who won what. Because if you're trading an aging vet, if you're you're jumping that ship uh, a year early, I like to be a year early. A lot of people say that. I'd rather be a year early than a year late. Uh, and, and you're uh, dumping someone and you're trading for young prospects, you're always taking a uh, a risk there, a, a slight risk. You know, you feel like you're getting your guys and you feel like you know what you're doing and and you've scouted these players. It, it, and then a lot, of, a lot of times it's like you don't know. Like last year at the beginning of the season, if you would have traded Julio Jones for Justin Jefferson, You'd have run to Twitter, and everybody on Twitter would have said, "Oh my God, the guy who got Jefferson got slaughtered." Okay, let's go three hundred and sixty sixty-five days later and see if you can pull that trade off. Go exactly. see if you can or, trade or like, Julio Jones for Justin Jefferson right now, or sixty days sixty days later. Yeah, I mean, just you're sixty days later. Yeah, <laughs> you're a hundred percent right, and 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 that's why it is important to have a little bit of you know foresight. You know, looking forward is 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 certainly you know th- that's the fun about dynasty is that there is you know predictions not just in a in a short term but in a long term and betting on players you believe in and and you know we've all gone down in flames with a guy we believed in and you know put our hands up like whoops I was wrong sorry about that you know of course uh, nobody's a hundred for a hundred you know I mean maybe term actually you know I got to I'll, I'll give you a little shine term I mean you know you are one hell of a dynasty player. And one of the things I appreciate, one of the things I think we might have some fun on with today is that we're both pretty good dynasty players, but you're a bit of a different uh, strategical player than I am. And 
That doesn't mean you lose any less because, I mean, you're all – any league I'm in with you, maybe you just stacked it up and then invite me in to take on some <laughs> bad orphan. But still, you're up there at the standings at, at you know, every single every single league. So you, you clearly are a hell of a player, and that's what gives you the credentials to talk about this shit. But, um, but we don't necessarily go about things the same way, which is really actually kind of fun because I think we look at each other and kind of go, what the hell is he doing? All right, all right, that shit worked, you know? Yeah, man. So the the way I try to look at these uh, teams, and I'm in several leagues. Um, several meaning fifty eight. Yeah. The it and you guys out there, you've probably heard this before, but it, it's chess. It ain't checkers. Okay. Uh, if I make a move, I got two more moves in mind. Um, always, all the time. So I may trade a guy or trade for a guy. And with the intent of giving him away in six months or with the intent of giving him away in a month or um, it, it, it's all about knowing your league makes and knowing who they like, uh, knowing what, what kinds of deals they like. Uh, so when you make these deals, when you deal like I do, um, yeah, trying to articulate what I'm thinking here, I can make a deal for a guy knowing that I can talk my way out of trading him again to someone else, even if his value is low, because I know what buttons to push and win. That um, is true. I mean, Dynasty you, you, is you... as much about knowing your league mates as it is about knowing players. Yeah, you do that to a T. I agree with that. Um, you know, you'll make some trades sometimes, and I'll be pissed, because I'll be like, how the hell did he get that done? And it is, it's true. It is very true, you know, because I, I would have made that deal. But, you know, part of the part of making the deal is getting the deal in front of you in the first place, whether it's you sent it, they accepted it and you, you know, you lathered them up a bit or whatever the hell you did. Or you convince them that player X is going to be good for them or or, you know, you countered it back and forth in such a way that they all of a sudden are now offering that shit to you. I mean most of the best trades I, I ever made were offered to me. And it's like, oh, look at that. I get to hit accept on that son of a bitch, you know, and you just nail it. And it's so much fun. And, uh, you know, I, that that definitely is is you in a nutshell. There's no doubt. Man, er, every one of us has have worked with or known that person who is always right, okay? And the trick to that guy is making it his idea. And if it's, <laughs> right. their, if it's their idea... They're they're gung ho about it, and there are those people in Dynasty. You play with those people in Dynasty, and if you make it their idea, and they're the ones offering it, all the better. Well, you know, you're absolutely right, and we we uh, we 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 talk about those trades all the time, and it, it's fun it's fun to make those trades. But um, you know, I think one thing that that we wanted to talk about was some of the comings and goings and things going on. I, I want to talk some some prospects with you, but I, I kind of. The big signing for me and the one that I think a lot of people are split on even a little bit as to whether or not it's good or bad for a lot of different players is the Kenny Galladay signing. Um, I think a lot of people have a, you know, it's it's, it's interesting because a lot of times someone gets signed and it's like everybody's agreeing this is good for this player. We all sort of come to consensus. I think a lot of people are in with Galladay. A lot of people are out with Galladay. And then the sort of ripple effects from there, you know, whether it's the quarterback, the other, the other uh, assets on that team. Um, I, I'm definitely going to give you my opinion, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, I know you're also a Daniel Jones fan, so feel free to just fucking riff on this thing. Like, what are your thoughts about the 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 
Galladay signing and, and, and the implications therein. Okay, so this is a multi-layered thing for me. Um, you Like you said, I'm a Daniel Jones fan. I was a Daniel Jones fan when he was getting booed uh, in New York, and I was the lone wolf on Twitter saying, you guys, you got to chill because this kid can play. Uh, he came in his rookie year, and he, he played well in spurts, and, 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 and he did some good things, and he did some bad things, just about like any rookie. Um, I, I feel like Kenny Galladay fits this offense perfectly. Daniel Jones was the highest rated passer on passes of 20 or more yards downfield last season. Um, his passer rating was in the one thirties. Kenny Galladay is a downfield true number one receiver. He wins at the catch point. He's physical. He's going to be able to go up and get those jump balls. Uh, he gives Daniel Jones a legitimate weapon on the outside, someone that this offense was sorely lacking. Uh, I can Daniel last year, he would drop back. You could see it, right? He had nowhere to go with the ball. No one he trusted. Uh, Evan Ingram couldn't catch. He was a shell of himself. Uh, I'll give you some, some major shine on uh, you and I went back and forth. Uh, Evan Ingram or Darren Waller last offseason when we were doing all these mock drafts and doing all these drafts together, these starting these new leagues because of COVID and we didn't have anything else to do. And you consistently took Darren Waller in every single draft. And I said, you know, maybe Evan Ingram is going to have that bounce back year, but it, yeah, it just wasn't to be. His hands Thank weren't you. reliable. Uh, you saw the Giants go out and get Kyle Rudolph. I think he's going to be a red zone weapon uh, for DJ. Um, I'm super excited about what it like. It's put up or shut up time for Daniel Jones. Um, last year, people were, were in on him. They were saying, you know, you heard Matthew Barry say that that was his guy. He was his ride or die. And then he was all in on Daniel Jones. And I actually cautioned people. I said, Oh, this is the second, uh, system in as many years. Both of his tackles opted out due to COVID. Okay. He had no off season. Uh, they're bringing in Jason Garrett. They hired Joe Judge. I think we should pump the brakes a little bit on Daniel Jones. Uh, and then Saquon Barkley got hurt and the bottom fell out. Well, uh, watching him last year prompted me to go back and look at some some splits. And he's only been in the league two years. Uh, but in the two years he's been in the league, in the 10 games that he and Barkley started and finished together, uh, Daniel Jones averages 25 of 40, 272 yards a game, 2.3 touchdowns per game. He had five 300-yard games in those 10. And if mm. you extrapolate those stats over 16 games, he's 400 of 640 for 4,400 yards and 37 touchdowns. Wow. Now, in the 12 games that he played without Barkley, he averaged 19 of 30, 202 yards, and .7 touchdowns per game. <laughs> His numbers plummeted. Daniel Jones is not the kind of guy who can carry an offense, okay? But he is more than serviceable when he's got help. And now he's got Kenny Galladay, and now he's got a red zone threat, and oh, forget they signed John Ross, and I'm not saying John Ross is anything to take to write home about. He might not even make the roster. But they're clearly trying to surround this kid with weapons, which is something the Jets didn't do with Sam Darnold. 
and hopefully the new regime can can rectify that because Sam Darnold is another guy I like. And I expect big things from Daniel Jones this year. I love this. This is such a good take. First of all, I wasn't sure. I, I figured you'd find a way to make it positive for Daniel Jones, but man, you did that so good. I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan, but I think I've kind of come around a little bit on him. I saw that same, uh, first of all, if you watch the games, you did see him connect down the field. He'd be infuriating and then he'd make big plays like pretty consistently down the field. And you're like, damn, you know, uh, he still has a little bit of a fumbling problem, but you're right. His weapons were awful last year. His offensive line was terrible. And, you know, he, he was handicapped a little bit. You know, Jason Garrett's his offensive coordinator. Now that continues this year, but so I don't think there's going to be much creativity. But if they're going to play that sort of, you know, line them up pro set style and, you know, uh, then Kenny Galladay being on the outside instead of Slayton is, is going to help him. Now, Slayton being on the other side, is good, you know, and and Shepard uh, moving to the inside where he can play the slot and sneaky play, uh, sneaky signing of Kyle Rudolph, who can play a little bit more in line and hopefully get Evan Ingram the hell out of being in line because that's where they played him. They played Evan Ingram way too often inside. So I'm with you. And Saquon Barkley, oh, this just in, is dope. Uh, if they can put a little bit of an offensive line in front of Daniel Jones, give him some time. You're right, man. I've seen him throw it down the field. Uh, he almost to a fault holds onto the ball long too long to sort of get the ball downfield, which is where his fumbles come from. You're, you're watching it and you're like, you know, it's the sort of it's the one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, and he's still holding it. And you're like, dude, do you not understand they're coming? You know, and he would he just has like sort of almost like no fear or no realization that he should be afraid. Um, and so all that together. Is is his pros and his cons, right? But I think it's a talent match. I think they'll, I think they'll be better on defense. They were actually pretty frisky on defense. They've made a few defensive signings. I don't remember them off the top of my head, as you guys know, I'm a moron. But um, you know, the defense should be a little bit better if they can draft well and add a few key pieces to to the fronts. You know, both defensive and offensive, um, they might be okay. I mean, uh, I'm with you. I, I think it's, I think it's at least good for Kenny Galladay, if not. Real good. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be looking for him. He's going to throw it down the field. He's not afraid to do so. So I totally agree. And and you know, you you that was a great stat. Him playing with um with with Saquon. I hadn't heard that one. So you heard it here first. That was awesome. And honestly, that's the reason why you should be listening to Unscripted because that's the type of knowledge you drop all the time that I just fucking put in my little memory bank and and roll with because it's good stuff. Oh, and. Thank you so much for pointing out that I did have Darren Waller all over the place. And you're such a smart analyst and such a smart uh, guy. You almost started to get me off him a little bit. I was like, maybe I am a little too heavy because I had Darren Waller absolutely no, you, everywhere. You were, you were all over that. And you 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 mentioned a couple of things I'd like to, to go back and touch on. Uh, I think a lot of that holding the ball was he didn't trust who he was getting it to. Um, and hopefully Galladay is gonna gonna rectify some of that. You mentioned the vanilla; they were very vanilla on offense. The Giants were dead last in the league uh, using motion. Um, yep. that has got to change. That Garrett has got to be better. The play calling was not very good, and I don't know if you attribute that to you know there's no Barkley on the field. Um, you know we're not we can't do the things that we wanted to do. Uh, with Wayne Gallman that we were going to do with Saquon Barkley. Um, and, you know, they tried to, you know, Devonta Freeman was there for a while, and it was just kind of a hodgepodge. Uh, I don't know what it was, 
but the offense has got to be better. Uh, and if the offense is better, like I said, I think you're going to see big things. Well, it could be that Jason Garrett is awful. That's a possibility. That's, that's, that's always a possibility. <laughs> that's definitely a possibility. I mean, you're right, though. If you look at like um, at Daniel Jones 2019 versus 2020, completion percentage right around 62. Yards per attempt, 6.5, 6.6 actually. Um, interception rate went down. Uh, fumbles went down. But his touchdown percentage went from 5.2 to 2.5. He only threw 11 touchdown passes mm-hmm. last year. So you're absolutely right. You know, he he did play better um, or at least as good or better. And so I think that's at least somewhat encouraging. You know, I've heard some people say that they're in for a, a Josh Allen, you know, type of spike. I don't think that's reasonable at all. But uh, even if he He's just got gets wheels. a little bit better. <laughs> Remember, he does have wheels. He does. I mean, but he's not Josh Allen, right? But uh, maybe very Josh Allen light. I mean, really light. But that 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 division is wide open. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It is wide open, and the Giants can win that division, uh, like legitimately. I'm not even I'm not even trolling Giants fans right now. I'm serious, guys. So uh, that division, uh, I was thinking about that division today. The, the football team, and 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 we were going to touch on the football team a little later, but the football team has gotten better. Dallas has gotten better just by getting Prescott back. Right. They're, they're automatically better. And the Giants are better. Um, the only team that I would argue that has not gotten better is the Eagles. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with that. Um, we'll see what the Eagles do in the draft. I mean, they've got a high pick. Um, do they leverage that for more picks? Do they take a guy like Pitts or you know Jamar Chase? That would certainly make them better. But they've got to fix those offensive lines uh, the, uh, like there's they got to fix one of them both to lines man they they're <laughs> yeah, just, they yeah yeah i meant to say both lines but you know guys i'm a little <laughs> under the weather it's it's it, it's going to be all right you guys can make fun of me um let's let's move on let's add an homage to unscripted let's move the chains a little bit here <laughs> and uh you know i love it right uh l- let's go to uh a signing that i think um made a lot of lot of dynasty managers very happy when chris carson signed back in Seattle. Uh, because if you're holding Chris Carson, there was there was some uncertainty there for a minute, like that he could go someplace, you know, like Kenyon Drake, you know, and sit behind, like, what? You know, I mean, if you're holding Drake, now you're like, oh my God, this is worst case scenario. I mean, who the hell's holding Drake? You know, it's certainly nobody that listens to and follows me or, you know, I mean, because come on, really, that guy was never a, a, a something you wanted to be holding on to. But, you know, Carson a little bit more so because, you know, he's been good. And, you know, he could have gone someplace that would have mitigated his his upside. But I thought going back to Seattle, if Seattle can stop the drama and just let Russell Wilson and, and, and this offense go, uh, Chris Carson could have another huge year, right? Oh, absolutely. I was super tickled uh, when Chris Carson signed back in Seattle. Uh, that was one of the places we were all watching, you know, who's Seattle? Are they going to go in the draft and get someone or are they going to – they're going to sign one of these uh, guys in free agency. Um, Carolina, oddly enough, was sniffing around Carson uh, really hard when, when Seattle came in with that. Uh, it's two years, 14. Uh, there's a third-year option. It's really interesting what the Seahawks uh, uh, did started doing this offseason. They did something that they haven't done yet, uh, and they, they've started taking advantage of void years and contracts. They did it with Chris Carson. And they did it with um, uh, the big kid, uh, the center, Ethan uh, Pochich. Um, 
And so it's pretty interesting what this could indicate is that they're not in a, in a huge rush to restructure the contract of Russell Wilson. They don't want to convert any base salary to signing bonus, which means they're not interested in trading him. Um, so, which I never thought that they would, uh, but yeah, super happy about Chris Carson. The Seahawks are currently on, uh, you know, they're not looking like the dumpster fire that I thought they might, uh, just as early as two weeks ago. Yeah, totally. I'm with you a hundred percent. Um, it, it, you know, look, you can trade Russell Wilson in dynasty, but in real football, you do not trade Russell. You Wilson don't trade those reason. guys. Yeah. There's no. franchise quarterbacks are too hard to come by. Yeah. Like I, like, I think I even mentioned this, uh, either last week or the week before. I think I mentioned it. It was like, they said, uh, three first round picks and like two good players. It's like, well, if you're trading them, isn't that what you're looking for? I mean, they, I just don't understand. They, they like what the hell were you hoping was going to happen by saying you might be trading him? I just it never I never understood why there was anything leaked about him wanting to leave. Maybe it was just leverage for a new contract. I don't know. Like that sometimes that's what I think it is is like, you know, the agent puts that out there just so that he can get the attention of the front office like, you know, he's watching Dak get his money, you know, all of a sudden Mahomes has his money, he's like Yo, you're gonna have to pay me, or I want, I'm gonna start making some noise over here. That, that, that's the only reasonable thing that I could imagine it was. What about what about you? You think I'm onto it or what? I mean, I don't know. I never for a second thought that they were gonna trade Russell Wilson ever. R- right. Uh, first off, if you think about it, just think about it from the perspective of John Schneider. Okay, you're the GM of the Seahawks, right? And the Bears call you up and they say, well, we got four first rounders and Khalil Mack and we'll even throw in Foles. And you're like, oh, man, four first rounders. Well, who cares? Because you're never going to be there to watch those four first rounders play for that football team. Because the minute you trade Russell Wilson, you're going to the (laughs) cellar and you're getting fired. All you're doing is stacking the cupboard for the next guy who's coming in after you. To look like yes. a genius because he's got all these picks to play with. Right. There's, it there's makes no, no there's, sense. There's no way you're trading. It's, it's the same thing with Deshaun Watson, and I'm not going to comment on the legal stuff. I'm just talking about specifically football. There's no way if I'm the Houston Texans, I'm trading Deshaun Watson under any circumstances. Period. All right. All right. So let me see if I can get this out. You know, this, you know. This may need to get edited if I don't get this right, but I'm going to try and get my take out about Deshaun Watson here. I, I was brainstorming this. Let me see if I can put this and make this make sense. Not yet. Let me see if I can do it. All right. So, okay. So it's said that this attorney that is, you know, pursuing this Deshaun Watson stuff is close with the owners, right? Okay, so oh, so they're sabotaging Deshaun Watson. Okay, let's just say they're sabotaging. Well, why the hell would they do that, <laughs> right? Why it's would like, you lower the, the value of an asset? Right. Okay, so there's one. Let's say they're not sabotaging. Let's say that this is all true. Why the hell wouldn't they have traded his ass? If obviously this lawyer knows and knows the owners, why wouldn't he be like, yo? This shit's coming. Like trade them right before Great all this point. stuff comes out, right? So it's like one way or the other, it doesn't make any sense. Now, the one thing that does make sense is that, again, I, I always go back to this. The Houston front office and ownership is pretty much the stone worst in the world. So 
perhaps they're just fucking stupid and one of these things is true and they just didn't react accordingly which would probably make sense but it just doesn't make any sense if you are all tied up in with money on this guy you just take the first dope offer that that hits because you know this shit's coming down the pike so that leaves me in a quandary trying to figure out whether this shit is true or not but if it's true if it's true let's just say it's true all the this is all true they, they malpractice because they the, the attorney pressing it is like neighbors with the fucking owner. You'd think he'd have a little bit of like heads up on this shit and would be able to pull a trigger on a trade beforehand. Uh, what do you think? I I think uh, the Duke lacrosse situation taught me never to judge uh, too quickly when it comes to something like this. Everyone in the world thought those kids were guilty and they wound up right. being completely innocent and being completely railroaded by a corrupt prosecutor. Um, I have no idea what's gone on in Texas. Uh, it just, you know me, I like to read the tea leaves. If I'm Deshaun Watson and, and I haven't read a lot of this, but I did read that, uh, they came to him and they offered for him to make it go away for like six figures. If I am Deshaun Watson and I am worth $150 million, and I can make this go away for nine hundred grand. i am making that deal if I'm guilty. Right. I'm making it go yeah. away. Let's sign these uh, non, you know, these, these forms and, and NDAs, and, yep. yeah, NDAs yep. and, and make this go away. Now, <clears throat> that's just me looking at, looking at this from way over here in North Carolina and, and not knowing a lot of, of what's going on. I'm not saying those girls shouldn't come forward or, or, or anything like that. And I'm, I've already commented on this way more than I wanted to. Uh, Me too. I, I, I'm just I, saying. I, and I'm talking, just yeah, I'm talking just more wait. about like the. Did you see what's going to happen? I'm just talking happen. about the, the strategic, like. No, I'm you're, you're hundred percent right. Office. You're a hundred percent right. If, if Houston was going to do that, why, if they knew it, why not just get rid of him? Get him out of town. Right. They should have uh, known if it's true. And if they if it's not true, then they're kind of culpable here because they're going after him. You know they should be defending. Him. I don't know. It, it, it just stinks all the way around. There, there's a lot. Right, exactly. Like, and, and, if you're the owner of the of the Texans, you should know kind of whether this shit is is happening or not, and why it's happening. And so, if it's happening and it's nefarious, like you say, and they're trying to put them all together, then that's the. Fu- I mean, geez, what a bunch so of idiots! I, and I and, and a, if they knew, they should have traded them. I know? had a private conversation with Nick uh, Chalk, one hundred and one Chalk. Um, the other day about this very thing. And I, I said, you know, six months ago, they signed him to the Texans front office, signed him to $150 million extension, was $154 million extension. Right. If I, if you and I, let's say you and I are running the Texans, you're the yep. GM, I'm the director of player personnel. Okay, we're about to give this, this man $154 million. Uh, it, it's 2020. I'm going to hire someone to go do some digging before I give him $150 million. Of course. But do that, you think that, they couldn't you're, hire you're, someone to find this out? But they're idiots. They've proven this over and over. They didn't even have a GM for 10 months. So it's malpractice from Houston all the way through. That That's true. I just wonder which kind is basically what I'm trying to figure out. Are are they idiots or morons, so to speak, right? You know, it's like, which one? Which kind yes. of moron are you? They're morons. That's fucking settled. 
They're just which 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 flavor of moron are they? But you know what? I, I wanted to get that out just because you know it's a, it's a kind of a you know one of those takes. I didn't want to just sort of say on Twitter because quite frankly, I don't even want to fucking hear about the responses because everybody's got something to say about it. But I'm just talking about straight up how bad Houston Texans are and how bad they are at figuring this shit out, like you say. So let's 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 do a term and move these flipping chains. <laughs> and all right, so here's another one. I think. So Juju Smith-Schuster signs one one year eight million. Look, all these one year deals, everybody's freaking out, thinking they're you know they didn't have any contracts on the table. Of course, they had contracts on the table. The 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 not not as many because there's less teams with cap room. The cap came down. Everybody's cash strapped. They're trying to get all these creative deals. Nobody's got open wallets. Meanwhile, in one year from today, everybody will have a shit pot of money and a, and a ton of cap space. So the one-year deals make sense in a philosophical way for these players. We get that. But here's the thing. I'm told – now, is this an agent speak or is this just real? I don't know. But if, if Juju gave up more money from the Chiefs to go back to Pittsburgh, one one year eight, man, that's crazy. He should have gone to the fucking Chiefs, man. What do you think? So, uh, yeah. So what we're hearing is that he turned down the Chiefs um, to come back and play for Pittsburgh. Obviously, he likes it in Pittsburgh. Um, no one is saying he would have been the number one guy in Kansas City. I certainly think he would have been a better. Uh, positioned to set himself up for a payday next year had he played one year in Kansas City with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And listen, I I think Big Ben's got some football left in him, but they're not going to be on offense what the Chiefs are going to be on offense this year. Uh, You know, he wouldn't have been the number one guy in Kansas City, but he's not going to be the number one guy in Pittsburgh either. He's not going to be the target hog. That's Deontay Johnson. He's not going to be the downfield guy. That's Chase Claypool. He's almost been relegated to like a Jarvis Landry role. I mean, his yards per catch last year was a putrid. I think it was like 8.6 or something like that. Uh, He's operating within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, and that's it. So his value is not going to increase at all this year if, if his role doesn't change, and I don't see his role changing. So he didn't do himself. He's only 24, so he can still get that big contract, but he didn't do himself any favors, set, you know, his future and his financial uh, prowess any favors by coming back to Pittsburgh, I don't think. Right. I mean, you know, uh, in terms of yards per target, you know, obviously playing – in his in his rookie year, uh, he was at eleven point six, unsustainable. We know that playing with a, a really high powered offense. I think they threw the ball like six hundred and fifty times in seventeen. Okay, great. But even just eighteen and nineteen, mixed quarterback play. He was hurt a little bit. Didn't start every game. He was still eight six and seven nine. So call it eight eight and a half. That's fine. That's very good. Okay. Last year he goes back down to six and a half, as you point out, in terms of yards per target. I mean, isn't it kind of assumed that if look, I'm saying this, if if they if Kansas City offered him a three year deal like a Curtis Samuel deal or a Nelson Aguilar deal, that's a different story. That's more money, so to speak, but it's not more money because it's more money for two years, not more money for one year. I mean, you know, even if it was more money per year, it's not more money. Like the one year deal makes him more money. So 
I don't know exactly, but if they offered him a one-year deal for the same or more money, he should be there because there's no way he has it. There's no shot he has six and a half yards of target uh, in uh, in Kansas City. It's just not even not even possible. I mean, he'd have to cut off his feet in order to have six six and a half yards of target uh, in in eight point uh, six yards per catch. <laughs> it was a it was a hundred and twenty fifth in the NFL. Right. Not good. Not good, Jerry. Not not, not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like AJ Green and Juju, but you know, they asked they did target him 128 times. I mean, he had a great catch rate. You know, he was 75% catch rate, almost 76%. I mean, so he was just operating real close to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Ben's broken, which I don't understand what the hell Pittsburgh's doing thinking like who, who's their backup? Oh, uh, uh did they have uh, Hodges and Mason Rudolph? And Haskins. Yeah, and they, and they signed Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I mean, geez, Louise. Isn't that a play? I, I keep saying it over and over again. I want Jameis Winston in Pittsburgh. Like, give me that. Like, just with Claypool and 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 Deontay and Juju and the whole thing. Give give I mean, just give me give me Jameis there. But you know, my I guess what I'm getting at is I, I just uh, I think Juju needs to just you know I guess he's gonna bide his time and hope hope he goes somewhere else next year because they're not gonna I mean I don't know I just didn't see a future for him really in Pittsburgh and and with Claypool and Deontay look those 128 targets could vanish and and get down to 90 or 100 in which case that's gonna be real bad for him uh, in free agency so hopefully he's got some assurances there but I didn't love Juju going back um, you know we'd heard from the beat writers too that 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 was a non-starter, that there was no way he was going back. I think they took him off some of their press releases and yeah, like their, like, their they, they hype thought videos it was a done deal. Right, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a done deal too, and and maybe he did too. And uh, ultimately, you know, he felt like that was best for him. If his agent basically said, yo, you got to eat crow, tell everybody you love Pittsburgh, go back there, we're going to get your money next year, you'll make $8 million. go have fun. You know, that was probably what happened in my, my opinion. Then why wouldn't he advise him to go to Kansas City? Maybe it was a three-year deal. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it was like, you know, three year 30, you know, so it's like a 10 mil per year, but it's not, you know, he's, he's locked up, you know, they, they control him for, you know, 22 and 23 where he could, you know, in this case he can make his eight and then try and go, you know, hit 12, 15 million, well, you know, you know, next, next off season. What I, I read, it was a one year deal and it was worth well, more than what they offered him in Pittsburgh. That's what I'm saying. If that's, that's what true, I read. I don't know. I just don't understand the decision. I mean, it's it's gonna be fucking bonkers in Kansas City with Juju. First of all, it would have been so exciting too, right? Like that has just been like so much fun to talk about, think about, and you know, Juju's value goes way up in Dynasty. I mean, I, I, mean, I think he's you know, way I think, better than Sammy Watkins, right? I mean, and he can play a different role too. Like Sammy's playing that stretch Z. You know, put put um, you know, uh, you can still stretch with with Hardman and and Tyreek Hill and. And imagine just having Juju in that slot with you know Kelsey and and the and the two elite speed guys on the outside with Tyreek Hill and Hardman and stuff. I mean, it'd have been pretty. It'd have been pretty nasty. I think. Yeah, it would have been great. Uh, he he would have fit right in there. I think. Um, would have been. Could have been. Would have. Could have. I guess he's really really happy in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I never believe that shit. Uh, if you say so. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's move the chains again. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear that one out. Um, 
this one this one makes me this one makes me happy uh you know my my dynasty nemesis is a huge football team fan so i'm always wishing them the worst i think i i mentioned that you know we 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 put a 60 to 1 super bowl bet on on the washington football team you know I, that's a loss. That's a, that's a hundred bucks. You're never going to see again, but this team is super <laughs> exciting. This team is super exciting. I mean, you know, their defense was dope. We saw that last year. Their weapons are pretty good. You add Curtis Samuel, you, you add Antonio Gibson with a full off season, his first off season as a running back. Um, you, right. I mean, in his life, uh, you add Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I'm telling you the guy that I'm, I'm ready to get excited about, first of all, with Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in, is Logan Thomas. I've heard a lot of, well, not a lot. I've heard some uh, respected analysts slandering the name of Logan Thomas. I think he's going to have a big year. He's sort of my Darren Waller last year. He's sort of that guy this year for me. I just think, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, you saw what he was able to do with Kasicki. <laughs> yeah, dog, you like this. Um, so uh, I'm not saying he's a, a tight end three. I'm just saying he's that guy that, you know, uh, people might be sleeping on thinking he's a one-year wonder and all that sort of thing. I think he's a hell of an athletic player. I think they're 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 smitten with him. They're not looking. He's going to walk in as a starter this year. Um, you know, with Curtis Samuel and 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 Terry McLaurin, I think that offense is going to sing a little bit. I think it's going to be a damn good team, and they're definitely my pick to win that division, even over the Cowboys, who are going to be a fireworks show. But I think I think uh, Washington is the just a better team all around. What say you? Well, I can't disagree with you as much as I would like to. I got some I got some stats here. I'm going to throw some smoke at you. You mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh he's, you know, he's going to take shots. He's going to rip it. He's going to throw the ball downfield. He had a 92.7 grade per pro football focus on throws 20 or more yards downfield last year. They're going to line up. They're going to make defenses cover sideline to sideline and make them account for every blade of grass out there on FedEx field. This team was, uh, they, they used jet motion on the fifth most snaps in the NFL last year. Uh, they gained the third best yards per carry on those plays. And then they went and they got Curtis Samuel, someone who can line up anywhere uh, you mentioned Logan Thomas. He was the number six tight end in yards after the catch last year. Uh, Bingo. You you didn't even mention J.D. McKissick, who was a number two running back in yards after the catch last year. Uh, Terry McLaurin hit, you know, pick a superlative for that kid. Uh, awesome. <laughs> right. Separation, wins at the catch point, supreme route runner, just, just a great kid, great locker room guy. Uh, this team is poised to back go back to back with that division as long as the Ryan Fitzpatrick experiment works out. Yeah, and that's that's a pretty big if. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in, you know, uh, what's he like, thirty seven, thirty eight years old? Yeah. Um, he's he's awesome. 17th I mean, year in the league. Yeah, I mean he he's he's awesome insofar as he yeah he's thirty eight. Uh, almost yeah, he's thirty eight and a half. He'll almost he'll, he'll be thirty nine this year. That's not young. Uh, we've seen the wheels come off of players at that point. Um, but I, I mean, here's a sneaky little thing. Heineke, whatever the hell, he was pretty damn good last year. He was pretty good in uh, that playoff game, wasn't he? 
Yes, and, and in limited action during the regular season, he was good. I mean, he was good. He was really good. Um, so I don't know, man. Didn't he get Travis Fulgham? Uh, didn't he make him? And there was another kid at, at, at Old Dominion. He made them look good. I mean, he, you know, everybody was excited for the uh, for the two wide receivers. I can't think of the other kid from Old Dominion. You, some of you guys are yelling at your radio right now going, but I can't think of him. But um, it was Fulgham and some other dude, and they were both good. And and uh, and maybe it was Heineke, whatever. God dang it, uh, Heineke the whole time. I mean, the kid looked really good in that uh, in that Tampa Bay game. I mean, even Brady looked over at one point after that touchdown pass in the corner, which was a dope dime, uh, and was like, "What the? Who the fuck is this kid?" You know. So I think he might be at least a somewhat adequate backup. I think I'd rather have him than either of Alex Smith or uh, you know. Haskins. Yeah, no, I mean, nobody wants, uh, you know, Alex Smith. What a great story, right? True hero, mm-hmm. remarkable. Uh, the way he was able to come back and play with that thing on his foot. Uh, listen, I, there are people out there who can't walk with the injuries that he had. He almost lost his leg. Yep. But Ron Rivera said himself recently in an interview, he was scared to send the kid on the field. Uh, I would have been. It's probably time for him to hang it up, right? I mean, he's, yes. the mind is there, but the the body is just no longer willing. Um, and of course, you know, Tom Brady laughs at all this, and, and as he turns forty five this year, or whatever <laughs> the hell it is, he's going to turn. Uh, I'm with you, man. I, I thought we would disagree on this. Uh, I didn't know you would you would be this in on the football team. Um, yeah, their defense is nasty. Their front four is ridiculous. Uh, and they've done nothing but make this team better this offseason, and especially at the most important position on the field, quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, I, I should have I should have communicated with Brad Wire before I come on about this team, but this is another one I'd, I'd like to know what they look like up front. Um, you know, I think they've got a, a chance uh, of um, uh, uh, of improving up front. I mean, their offensive line. I mean, one of the things when when uh, when Alex Smith came in that game. It was raining. Of course, there's nobody in the stands except his family, and they're all covered and with you know with like you know uh, ponchos or whatever. And I remember it was like um, it was like uh, in a video game, the old video games we used to play when you'd call the right defense. It just the play just didn't work at all, and all the defensive <laughs> yeah. linemen would just remember that Tech they would. Mobile. <laughs> yeah, Tecmo Nobody would get blocked. You just immediately get sacked. Like there was no <laughs> fucking chance. That's what it looked like. It was like. Oh my god! And there and it's raining, and he's out there, and he hasn't practiced. And I'm like, I remember, I, I think that was the Michael Lou show, and I remember we talked about it right before, um, you know, he, he, we went on, and 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 at the beginning of the pod, how I was just like really horrified about the whole thing. Like it really, it really affected me because I was like, this kid's gonna fucking lose his leg on national TV, and his family's in this, and his kids, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like and it was against the Rams, and Aaron Donald's just fucking chucking dudes out the way, and like. So yeah, Alex Smith needs to go. But what I'm getting at is that offensive line got thrown around. But you know whether or not they're they're, they're going to be able to improve that. I, I, I'm not an offensive line expert. I'm going to ask that question. I'll probably put some out on Twitter with Brad Wire. He's probably listening right now. He's already doing it. But that's going to be the key if they can get offensive line play. This team is I, they actually do have a chance at the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously the quarterback position is not elite, but if every other part of your team is dope. Uh, an average to above average quarterback has proven to be able to win a Super Bowl, Nick Foles, et cetera, right? So it's possible. Um, so this team is going to be dangerous. There's no doubt, especially in that, you know, really shitty NFC East where 
you know, Dallas has has had no defense. We just talked about the Giants and how you know uncreative they are. Philly, boy, oh boy, that that they they were a train wreck last year. They've got a long way to go. So it could be very easy for this team to win that division and win it going away. And then anything can happen in the playoffs. And if they're they're all healthy, who who knows? So this team actually has a chance. I, I do actually like the sixty to one bet, although. You know, like I said, you may have more fun watching a uh, uh, $100 bill light on fire. I'm not sure, but what do you think? <laughs> uh, I think this team is going to be a little better along the offensive line. They they just signed their uh, center, Chase. I'm going to butcher his last name. I, I can't. It's uh, Chase Roulier. Um, nice. They have a four-year, $40 million, uh, extension right at the end of last season. Um, you know, they, they – so they're secure up the middle there. Uh, Morgan Moses played pretty good for them. Um, I, I think they got a good chance. And, of course, you know, I hadn't even uh, mentioned Sheriff, uh, Brandon Sheriff yet. Um, so I think the, the offensive line is going to be improved. Um, he wheels up on Antonio Gibson. Uh, he's, a, he's a kid that I'm real excited about. Um, did, did they this, have some, some? Did they have some injuries on on the offensive line? Because like I'm looking at their PFF grades and like Roulier was like you know a top six according to PFF. Morgan <laughs> Moses, you know, top eighteen. Obviously, Scherf was you know the fourth rated guard. Like, how the hell were they so bad? If uh, you know, they must have had some injuries. I guess I I, I don't remember their. They whole had some injuries, line. but I think you're remembering them for be, being a little worse than they they actually were. Uh, Perhaps I think they were they weren't quite as bad as you remember, but um, yeah, I, I think they'll draft a lineman um, if if they miss on the quarterback run, uh, and uh, you know where they're at. I think what they're what are they eighteenth uh, in the draft or something like that. Um, so I, I don't think unless they make a move up, they're not going to get a quarterback. Uh, there's good, there's plenty of linemen in this draft, like really good linemen too. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see them add to that uh to that room there. Um, and yeah, man, I'm I really think this team could could go back to back. They could win the division again. Yeah, uh, Brad Wire has them as the 20th ranked offensive line, and I think you're right. I think if they fix that one left tackle spot, if they're able to find. Uh, you know, a difference maker there. It could it could jump into a top ten offensive line because, like you said, the the right side played pretty well, but maybe that left tackle spot was a little bit of a turnstile at time. Yeah, they, and of course, they missed Trent any, Williams. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That was the big hole. And then, you know, maybe they had some injuries here and there. Maybe the game I saw. I mean, obviously, Aaron Donald was was shoving him around, and I just had PTSD watching that shit. But, uh, <laughs> it was it was it was brutal. I felt bad for the for I say kid. I mean, he's a forty year old man, but you know, uh, Alex Smith and his family were were there. That wife, his wife was uh, was looking at that game, wondering what the hell was going on. So, hey man, when you're um, our age, they're all kids. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, let's uh let let's go one more because I got one more of your favorite guys, and that's uh that's that's Matt Stafford, and uh, I thought you know I think we had group chats the whole way. We talked about this trade and. We all liked it for both teams, essentially, because we felt like Detroit was going nowhere. Might as well do something to get rid of, you know, get rid of Stafford, move on. You know, who knows what they're going to do in the draft? We'll see. But, you know, that's a rebuild. Uh, That that, that was sort of a uh, necessary situation. They got a pretty good return for them. Okay, great. And if you're L.A., the Rams, 
you got to push all in. You know, you're 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 strapped for cash. You're not going to sign anybody. Goff's not taking you to the promised land. So let's 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 push in with Stafford and, and make it happen. Get rid of Goff. I think it's huge. You know, uh, they even signed Deshaun Jackson, which you know if he can stay healthy, obviously, but he can stretch the field for Woods and Cup to work underneath. Um, Acres is you know I, everybody knows how much I love that dude. With Stafford, uh, what do you think here? Is this uh, is this wheels up kind of all the way around? So the Rams, I mean, they they re-signed Leonard Floyd. Uh, they tendered uh, Darius Williams, uh, and of course, the, this is still the this has made the the biggest ripple effect of the off season so far. You know, trading for Stafford. Um, Stafford, I mean, he's an aggressive downfield guy. He can navigate the pocket. He moves the pocket. Um, you know, with his feet, he's exactly what McVay wants in a quarterback. So, uh, this is, this is a guy that, you know, he gets such a bad rap and people really don't understand how good this, this kid is. He changes arm angles, you know, on throws similar to Patrick Mahomes. And now you listen, don't at me. I'm not saying he's Mahomes. I'm saying that those arm angles, you watch this kid play and, and he can put the ball in his arm he can put it anywhere. He's got he's got one of the top five. He's the top five uh, arm talent in the league. Uh, this is a huge upgrade for the Rams offense. This is a huge upgrade for every pass catcher, and this is the first time that he is going to work with a legitimate running game. Uh, he's going to turn around, and Acres and and Henderson are are going to you know they're going to maul people. The Rams. At heart, they want to run the football. They get inside the five and ten yard line, and they're they're handing the football off. Uh, but yeah, this is man. The NFC West is going to be a bloodbath. The Forty ers have gotten better this off season, and they get all their players healthy. Uh, Bosa will be back, and Garoppolo will be back, and Mostert will be back, and. Uh, they re-signed Williams, and I mean they're they're gonna come out and they're gonna Kyle Shanahan's gonna try and maul people, and, and they got Ayuk and Samuel, and the Rams went and got uh, Stafford and and added him to everything that they've already got there. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and and you mentioned Cam Akers, and um, and then the Seahawks have you know they've managed to piece together. I haven't even gone to Arizona yet and mentioned that they went and signed J.J. Watt. Uh, and now they now have the number one and number two uh, sack artist in the league since 2012 in uh, Jones and and Watt, uh, Chandler Jones and, and J.J. Watt. So uh, that division, man, uh, throw them all in a bag and pull one out. Now, I can't, I can't handicap it. Not right now. Not not without seeing the draft first and seeing some off season, letting some injuries shake some things out. Uh, I'm wheels up on the Rams and all their pass catchers and, and all their skill guys. Uh, that team is going to be a handful. I'm, I'm not saying it'll happen, but with the new expansion to seven teams making the playoffs in each conference, uh, we could maybe see at some point one of these divisions sending all their teams to the playoffs. Uh, I think that's what you're talking about. It's like that's the type of division that could do it because they're, they're all going to be very good. You're absolutely right. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not predicting something like that. I'm just saying if you were to try and – if I told you a division will do that this year, they may be your first pick is what I guess I'm hearing, right? And they would be mine. 
Absolutely, man. And and uh, let's let's move to uh, this. This will be a little bit of fun. We'll talk about um, you know, there's still a few running backs out there like uh, free agents. You know, James Conner. I mean, Leonard Fournette. I'm not saying there's anybody you know uh, super meaningful, but let's face it. You know, wherever Fournette kind of goes, I mean, there's a couple spots where he could land where he's kind of the the one A at least. And, um, and and same to be said about some of these rookies that get drafted. So let me hear a little, some of your, you know, some of your, uh, some of your favorite landing spots for some of these running backs. So the, uh, the one spot that could really uh, muddy the waters uh, that Fournette has been uh, rumored to is new England, right? Ooh. If he goes there, that's a, that's just a situation. Even as much as I love Leonard Fournette, that's a situation I'm avoiding, right? You know, uh, so I would really like to see him uh, re-sign back in Tampa. Uh, I think they had a good thing working there. I think they were just starting. Like, that's the scary thing about the Buccaneers. Like, uh, Jason Light has done such a good job of bringing everybody back together. Like, and they were just starting to come into their own when they went on that Super Bowl run. Like, the, uh, the second no half of the year, the offense – really started to click and and yeah, they no went doubt. on that run uh, right after they lost to the chiefs in the regular season. And, uh, and so they've, they've managed to bring everybody back. I'd like to see them, you know, I'm hey, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. I know Scott, I know you love Tom Brady, new England fan. Of course. Um, I've always been a Tom Brady fan. I would love nothing more than to see him just win again, just win as many as you can, brother. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just till he's like 55. I, mean, another just, eight. I hope he wins 10 more. I just, <laughs> just a big F you to all the haters. Uh, and all yeah, the people, you, I'm not betting against them, man. All the people that told me through the years that Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady. Uh, and, and yeah, just a big F you, uh, just win 10 well, more. It, but, uh, as far as landing spots go, you got the Falcons, uh, and their new head coach, Arthur Smith. He likes those big bruising backs. Um, there it is. I'd love to see them. I'd love to see Najee Harris end up in Atlanta. You know, they're picking fourth. Uh, I think that's probably a little too high. You know, we haven't seen a running back go that high since Leonard Fournette was picked fourth in the 17 draft. Um, so I don't think they're going to pick a, pick a running back that high. So odds of him going to Atlanta are, are slim, but we can dream. Um, and I don't think Atlanta is going to pick a quarterback. I think they let you know what they were going to do when they, restructured Matt Ryan's deal and kicked the can down the road. Uh, he's they're expecting him to be on the roster. So I don't think they're going to draft a, uh, a quarterback. I don't really ever think that was a need for them. They need to rebuild that defensive backfield, but that's a whole nother topic. Uh, I would expect a cornerback there if they stay at four. Um, the Jets need a running back. And if I'm the Jets and I've, I've done all this uh, signing and, you know, they've signed some, some, key defensive players for Sala and and uh they've gone out and got they went and signed Corey Davis and they've got Mims in the fold. So they're trying to put some guys around Sam Darnold. Just go draft a big, big running back. They signed Tevin Coleman today, but that's a big nothing burger. Um and then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is another place that uh they're they're looking for a running back. They they don't have they got a vacancy sign out front. Uh let, and that's let, a that they're gonna you know, rumor is, uh, you know, under the new offensive coordinator, uh, they're going to run the ball more. 
Um, we'll see. We'll see if if they're going to actually line up and, and try to maul people uh, because their yeah. offensive line, as far as protecting Big Ben, is not what it was. No, the, the line is no longer what it was. You're 100 percent right. And I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of mocks with uh, Pittsburgh taking a running back at that 24th pick, and I, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. I mean, I'd, I'd almost rather see him get Leonard Fournette from a football perspective than to spend that pick there. I mean, just just because I don't think that's what they need. They really need some offensive line help, in my opinion, to make sure that Big Ben stays healthy. I mean, if they could play with seven or eight offensive linemen, that would be a they should petition the league, whatever they need to do to protect his ass, because it's going to be a problem. Uh, because you know he he's had some injury issues. He's older. You know uh, those injuries. I mean, as you can attest, once you start hitting, you know, forty years old or something like that, it, it takes a little while to get to get all healed up. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Leonard Fournette. You know, from a football perspective, I'd love to see him go back to Tampa Bay for all the reasons you mentioned. But and then you hit it. If if I'm a Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, uh, dynasty manager. I want him going to Atlanta. I mean, I really want whomever I'm, I've got going to Atlanta. That seems like the the spot. I mean, it's wide open. Mike Davis went to the Falcons, and so I mean, you know, obviously, you know, all my, you know, last year I was trying to sell Mike Davis for so so long because I had, you know, I had him, you know, literally on on some orphans that didn't, you know, he was doing nothing. Uh, you know, he's helping me win when I didn't even need him to. And nobody would take him. Well, now he's got a little bit of a runway here. I mean, I do think, though, you you said it, man. They're not going to take a, a running back at pick four, but they do have pick four in the second round. And that's a spot where I could see, you know, Atlanta investing in, you know, whichever one of those three is still there. If not all of them are there and they get their choice, I don't exactly know. But that's running back zone, right? That's when running backs start to, especially if one of those three is still there, the Javante Williams, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. I mean, Etienne would look pretty good on the turf, too. But uh, Harris catching balls, man, you know, any one of those dudes ends up there. It's going to be that's going to be, you know, RB1 type of, you know, landing spot. I opined uh, this theory on an episode of Unscripted last year, and I uh, actually advocated for, okay, you're uh, obviously you're going to watch the draft and you've watched several drafts and you know that now it's a big thing for teams to trade back into the bottom of the first round to select a quarterback. Why? Because they get that fifth year on their contract. They get to control them for that, that fifth year option. Uh, I actually opined that it, it would be a smart move for teams to start drafting running backs at the end of the first round because you can control them for five years and then you can franch potentially franchise tag them for another two, which means you can control the entire life, their entire existence in the NFL before you ever have to pay them. Uh, and, you know, it's in vogue now that we don't pay running backs. Um, anyway. Absolutely. No, I like it. The end of the first right. round. The end of the first round. So watch that. We saw it last year when – the Chiefs uh, plucked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the end of the first round. Uh, well, speaking of watching the draft, I, I, sh- I we did s- sort of spill the beans on a previous episode, but we're going to be doing a, a draft-a-thon. I don't think we've really publicized it yet, but it's going to be kind of bonkers, it's, actually. It's going to be lot phenomenal. Of, lot of, yeah. It's going to be fun as hell, man. I, I mean, there's so much work being done on it uh, by my producer, Michael Duncan, amongst others in the Undroppables, but Michael's really working his butt off uh, to, 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 
book everybody and 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 organize it and, and make it so that it actually works. Um, but yeah, it's going to be just it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that sort of a you know instead of watching the the, the airheads on uh, on the networks, you can watch us and we'll have really actually smart people from the <laughs> from the fantasy industry. No, seriously, I mean we'll, honestly, we'll tell you what they fun. should be saying. Right. Exactly. It's not like I'm the smartest guy, but we're smart enough to get smarter guys than us on, you know, but honestly, there's, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, uh, at, at, at the very least, it'll be more entertaining than that shit. But, um, uh, anyway, so keep an eye out for that. But, you know, the, the other thing I've been thinking is, is there's some, there's some other spots, you know, one that I've heard a lot, uh, running back spots, uh, that, that might take Najee Harris is like, uh, Buffalo. I don't necessarily love that. I mean, I, I I don't mind Najee Harris there. I just don't know that. I mean, you were a big Zach Moss fan. I was an okay Zach I'm Moss still, fan. I mean, I'm still a big Zach Moss fan. Yeah, and I'm going to give you your chance to tell the world why and why this is a dumb move. But, you know, I felt like th- this doesn't even make any sense. Um, wh- what are your thoughts here, man? Uh, I mean, they've spent high. And when I say high, they've spent third round or better draft capital in two two consecutive drafts. Um, for them to do it again, yeah, I I don't see it. Uh, I think they've got more than enough punch there between Moss and Singletary and, and, you know, their offense, uh, they really hit on all cylinders last year. They don't run the ball much, but when they do get in the red zone, Zach Moss is their guy. Um, they really missed him on play action and things like that down to stretch when he was hurt with that toe injury. I don't think yep. you saw the best of that kid last year. I think he's got more Agreed. in the tank. Um, and I, I just don't see them drafting a, another running back this year. Not, you know, they may pick somebody up that they really like in like round five or six or something like that, a, a depth piece or something. But um, because TJ Yeldon has, has had the gas. Uh, but I, you know, I really don't see them in, investing high capital in, in, in like Najee Harris or. ETN or Javante Williams or any, anything like that. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and, you know, some of the other spots like the jets uh, and the dolphins, um, I'm not super excited. I think I'd be a little bit more excited for the dolphins than the jets, but I don't know. Those aren't, those aren't necessarily high powered offenses yet. Maybe I'll, I'll be wrong and they will become those, but I wouldn't want my Najee Harris going there. What say you, do you agree with that? Or that- I'm not super excited. The Dolphins, to me, are like last year's 49ers. Everyone was so sure the 49ers were going to draft a running back. And I tried to tell everyone that the 49ers were not going to spend draft capital on a running back. Uh, they just weren't going to do it. And and they had Mostert and they had Wilson, and they were, you know, they were pretty happy with their room. The Dolphins, they've got Gaskins and they've got, uh, you know, Salvan Ahmed. Those guys uh, really, really performed really well for them last year. Uh, so I'm not sure that, you know, I wouldn't count running back as like an urgent need for the Dolphins. Uh, could they draft someone later, sort of like Buffalo, another depth piece? Yeah, that wouldn't totally surprise me. A round four selection wouldn't completely shock me. But uh, as far as them rushing out to get like Williams or ETN, I don't know, man. I don't see it. I could be wrong, but uh, they've got some kids there that can play. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, the team that I've been uh, talking about drafting a running back. Uh, they're breaking news. I I just heard that uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are considering 
with their 24th pick uh, taking Najee Harris and then doubling up on the uh, their round two first pick of the second round, doubling up and taking ETN there. So they'll have Harris and ETN. They need a thunder and lightning because they don't have a running back in the room. You know what I mean? So they're going to have uh, ETN and Harris bringing James Robinson water? Oh, shoot. I forgot about James Robinson. Oh, That's right. Yeah, they do have James a running back Robinson. There. Yeah, we forgot That's about right. Him. Holy smokes. <laughs> Total oversight on my opinion. So, no, I mean, but there's another spot where I think, you know, one of these guys could land. I've, you I've mentioned really, it before. You really think that they're going to spend high capital on a running back in the draft? I don't when really I, when think I say high, don't. When I say high capital, I'm I'm thinking, uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll give I'll cut you a break. I'll say third round or higher. No, I think they could actually take one in the first round with that that pick 24. I'm not saying they will term. And I'm not saying they should. Those are two different things too, right? So will and should. If if you and I are running it and you just said to me, I don't think we should, I'd be like, I agree. Let's let's not. Right? I'm with you. But that doesn't mean that that's the conversation that's going to go on in that in in that front office. They they are they have an embarrassment of riches with picks. Just next time you're 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 messing around do a mock draft with uh, with Jacksonville, and what you'll find is that there's always some really cool players there for you to pick. And you know, I would just wouldn't put it past them to use one of these luxury picks. They've got an early first; they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. They've got a late first. Then they've got the first pick of the second round. They've got another pick in the second round. I mean, they just have picks upon picks. I think they have two twelve. So they have like they have like four picks in the first. 50 or something like that, 45. So with 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 all that draft capital, they're bound to make a mistake and be like, oh, look, Travis Etienne fell to us at the 212, right? We've already picked three times. Like, let's just fucking pick Travis Etienne. This is great. Now, you might say, well, why? They already have James Robinson. Of course they have James Robinson. I see that. I know that. But the, And they know that. But what they will do, 100% sure, there's no doubt about it. They will add to that running back room. That's that's a given. They already have. The question is, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you talk about Carlos Hyde. Get the hell out of here. Carlos I mean, Hyde, Carlos who Hyde, Hyde, who was drafted by their GM Trent Balky while he was. Hey, in I stole that San shit Francisco. from you and I uh, used it against. <laughs> yeah, I used it last week when uh, when Evan Silva was here. You and I were talking. You were like, you told me that. I was like, oh, shit, that's true. And then I pretended I just came up with that shit off the fly when I'm talking to Evan Silva. Of course. Come on. Give me some fucking credit here. I'm not a moron. <laughs> hey, man, that's what, that's, what, that's what this is all about, right? We hear stuff. That's we right. regurgitate it. We look stuff up. We say stuff. That's people right. hear our stuff and regurgitate it. Hey, man, Absolutely. That is, that's what it's all about. We're just we're, we're educating I- fools. You're educating me all the time. I mean, shit. Without you, I would be a moron. Oh, oh man, you make no, me better every day. So you think you think they just won't? I mean, and I'm with you. I think they shouldn't. No, but you don't no, think it's a possibility. No, no, that that is not what I th- that is not what I said. I expected them to add to the running back room. They had listen. James Robinson was on pace for record setting usage last year before he got hurt. His usage was higher than CMC's uh, during his. Uh, record year two years ago like they were using him at an unsustainable rate which is why he got hurt uh it totally made sense that they wanted to add to the running back room signing carlos hyde 
Uh, that didn't surprise me at all. It also didn't scare me off of James Robinson. Um, not because Carlos Hyde isn't any good. It's just that they, they have to, he has to have a backup. And yes, come on, NyQuil Armstead is just, he's putting <laughs> you to sleep. Uh, yes, sir. I mean, he's, 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 he's a nothing burger. Uh, I expect them correct. to draft a running back. I think they will draft a running back. I do not think they're going to like, oh, look, there's ETN or, man, I just, Urban Meyer just came out and said that uh, they wanted James Robinson to be the center of their running back room. They wanted to build around him. Okay, Great. he just came I mean, out and said at, that. When was, when was the last time a coach lied about something like that? I mean, oh, the yeah, age there's a, somewhere there's a coach lying right now. But all we can yeah. do is is go, about, like, listen, there, I have a saying where watch what they do, not what they say. Well, as of right now, the only thing we have to go on is what they say. Like, we, Urban Meyer hasn't been there long enough to see anything he's, he's doing. We do know that they could assign someone better than Carlos Hyde because there were other guys out there, and there are still guys out there better than Carlos Hyde. Guys that could have legitimately challenged Robinson for carries, and they didn't do that, and they haven't done that. Yep. So that's the, so only, far, thing, you're that's right. the only thing we have to go on so far. Um, I think James Robinson can play. I think he's a really good player. I give credit to you as one of the only people and possibly the only person who ranked James Robinson in your rookie <laughs> rankings last year. Um, Thank you, sir. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else that says they did that, you're a liar. Don't <laughs> at me, motherfuckers. Yeah. I know you're lying. Okay. <laughs> I I did, man. I, I love James Robinson. I still do. But, you know, you and I both know that, you know, we're if we're – look, we we have a conversation right now about real football, about fan – fan you know, fandom – Fuck them! They better not. They better not draft no Travis Etienne or nothing like that. I want to see James Robinson roll again. Like draft someone late. I'm with you. That's what I want. That's what I want. But I'm just saying, I can just see it. You know, you could just see it happening. These fucking guys. They just took over the team. They're gonna want to make a splash. They're gonna just like, oh, Travis Etienne slips or Najee Harris slips to that. You know, that first pick of the second round, they come out, they pass on him. They're like, oh my God, he's still on the board. There's all sorts of talk. And then they have the 212. And if he's still there, you think they have the fucking stones to just pass on those three guys? Maybe they do. Maybe they do. And if they do, I'll applaud them. Uh, also, now that we're where we are, here's what's fun, man. We get to, uh, it's going to be fun as hell. Every time Jacksonville's on the clock, I'm going to be getting <laughs> added on Twitter. It's going to be fucking delicious. It's going to be so much fun. Every if they take someone on the clock, oh! I'm, I'm going to be so, like, I'm going to be so tense and so stressed. <laughs> exactly. Like, man, if they draft a running back, I'll just, I'll have to crawl into a hole and die. It's going to be so much fun. Like, whether they do or don't, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it's all just fun. But it's so good now because, like, they have so many picks, too. Like, they're going to be in a trade. They're going to be, oh, Jacksonville trading up here. You're like, oh, shit, they're going to take them. You know, it's like, oh, fuck. And then they take some defensive tackle. You're like, oh, thank God. But, um, but no, it's just – it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and also, you know, no matter what they do, you're right. Even if they go day two um, later, like, like a third-round pick, like – Okay, so it's Michael Carter, it's it's Kenny Gainwell, it's it's Chuba Hubbard, it's Jamar Jefferson, it's Trey Sermon, it's Kylan Hill. Look, any of those guys come in and they're gonna have I mean, they're gonna wanna they're gonna have more more 
they're going to be making more money than James Robinson and they're going to have higher draft pedigree and higher like, you know, they're just going to have something to say about the playing time. And then Urban Meyer is the coach. He has no he he's just meeting all these guys at the same time. Like it's not like he has any relationship. I'm just saying that my whole point of James Robinson isn't that he sucks. It's that he's fragile as a dynasty asset. Past that, I hope he's I hope he's a pro bowler and a hall of famer. And but, I um, and I cannot be careful. I cannot refute any of that. He yep. is a fragile dynasty asset that could go a multitude of ways. Um, I hope that it does not go bad for him, not because I am heavily invested. I actually uh, don't have as much of him as I would like, and I actually just traded away uh, a share of James Robinson for – I traded him for Chase Claypool. Um, there you it, go. Was a oh, league, yeah, it was right. it was a league where I had. Where'd you get that idea? <laughs> well, I, you, I, I actually tried it in two separate leagues that I had lots of running back depth. Uh, ironically, the leagues that I was able to pick James Robinson up last year, I already had lots of running back depth. Um, but yeah, I got that got that idea from your Twitter poll, uh, and you know I didn't have many wide receivers, and and I was willing to make that deal and. Uh, got that done, but yeah, I, I actually yeah, I thought don't. it was pretty. I thought it was pretty interesting. I put up a Twitter poll with all these different wide receivers versus James Robinson. I think you saw a few, and you're like, "Shit, there's people who like James Robinson more than this or that guy." You're like, I might try that trade. So, bravo to you pulling it off again. Uh, going back to the very beginning of the show, that's what's great about Term. He's able to pull this shit off. Hey, I want to ask you a couple quick questions because this is fun. Let's talk real quick. Uh, dynasty running backs. Uh, excuse me, rookie running backs. Um, you know, I, I'm not even looking at your rankings. I mean, you know, there, there's still a ways to go. I think my rankings are constantly changing, so it's not like I looked at them. And, and but, who's your running back one right now, pre-draft? Is it Najee? Are you with me here? I mean, what's going on? Uh, my running back one is Najee. Yeah, yeah. Is it the? Is it basically that he's just? Uh, for me, it's requisite size. He's been great. He's got great feet. And then it's the hands. For me, it's all the receiving work. Like if he were just, you know, sort of A.J. Dillon, Derek Henry-esque and didn't have the ability to to split out and catch passes on almost every single down, I might be moving ETN and Javante both ahead of him perhaps. But at this point, I, I, I is, is that kind of what splits the difference for you or are you just head and shoulders above? Man, this kid is Derek Henry with hands and they actually yeah. throw him the ball. Um, he's out there hurtling people and listen, uh, we can talk all of all we want about. He played with a great line and they, there's great weapons everywhere. And man, you still got to line up and get it done. And this kid was a beast. He sets up blocks. Well, he's very patient. Uh, you know, he's very athletic. He's just, he's the complete package. He's everything you want in a running back prospect. You watch him play, he's got tremendous contact balance. He, uh, I mean, he's just a tank. Um, there's there really no there's no holes. Like when I watch him play, there, I mean, vid, the vision is there. It's, he's everything you want in a, in a prospect. Yeah, I tend and, to and, agree. And I mean, to, to Javante Williams' credit, so is he. Javante yeah. Williams is, is everything I just said about Derrick Henry. Like those guys, if you have Javante Williams number one, I'm I'm not uh, I wouldn't you know besmirch you uh, those guys he's he's equally great in my opinion. 
I mean, technically, you would besmirch me for almost any reason. So I take I take offense to that. But um, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you, man. You know, and and then I I just have a you know, it's so it's so close for me for these three because then that means if I and I agree with you everything you just said, right? So one, two, and then it's like, well, wait a minute, how the fuck do I have Travis Etienne as my RB three in this class? Like, dude was electric at all times. I mean, he was just dope. Uh, he caught 30 and 40 passes over the last couple of seasons. I mean, he really, you know, he just was so good. So I guess he's my RB3. Are, is he your RB3 or do you see him? I know you're a bit of more of a tape guy. I know he he he, he scares some of the tape guys a little bit sometimes. But He's my RB3. I mean, the analytics, are, yeah, it's hard to put him nose, anywhere past Knows for the end zone, just lightning in a bottle, a threat to score yep. anytime he touches it. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah. I like Travis Etienne a lot, um, and yeah, I have him as my RB three. I think someone on Twitter today said he was uh, he was like uh, Priest Holmes. I don't know if he's that good. Let's let's not right. Let's, let's not get rates. crazy here. Um, but yeah, he's he's pretty good, and <laughs> I, I hope he goes somewhere where he gets lots of opportunities. Speak, speaking of lighting the Twitter world on fire, did you see my tweet today? I said, uh, I, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, is Kenny Gainwell just Jamal Charles? <laughs> and people lost their minds. I mean, they lost their minds. They're like, just, you know, there, there were so many just <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark responses. And I, I, I loved it. I mean, obviously, you know, and I meant to, I, I did want to talk about this. I think, you know, Kenny Gainwell is really an interesting prospect because if you watch the film, he's such a great running back. He weighed in just over 200 pounds. Look, his BMI is a concern for me as an every down player, but the more I think about it, the more I think he could be utilized in a sort of an Alvin Kamara-like way. Um, I'm not saying he's Alvin Kamara because Kamara was bigger. He was closer to 220, he, you know. Kamara's got the BMI, so he can absorb contact, you know, better in the NFL. I'm not sure how Kenny Gainwell is going to do that in the NFL, but I think he can play like, you know, in the slot. He's so good. I mean, he's really a good receiver. He, you know, I, I'm just looking for eight to ten carries and you know five plus targets a, a game from Kenny Gainwell and and some game breaking, you know, speed. He's got good speed. I think I don't know whatever they ran a four four flat which is he's fast dude you know i mean he's gonna be fast he's gonna be able to break away um in the open field but i think the thing i was talking about with that tweet you know and uh, obviously it's half a joke it's half a possibility and i think it's range of outcomes you know anytime i'm thinking about any player that's travis Etienne, that's Najee harris it's like what's the comp that they're elite what's the comp that they bust like of course people bring up the same old tropes all the time with Trent Richardson and stuff like that but that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about like how is it what what type of player are they where you're like yeah I should have seen that coming you know they just weren't ever going to be able to x y or z or you know which is why Najee's so exciting because he can't be pigeonholed as a as just a two down thumper he isn't Jordan Howard like even if he's you know even if he's only Jordan Howard as a runner He's not Jordan Howard. He just isn't because he can catch the ball. So it's that type of thing. That's what I'm getting at. And with Kenny Gainwell, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of guys are like, you know, Austin Eckler or JD McKissick or, and it's like, of course, yes, I understand that he could be sort of, I guess, a, a JD McKissick type of player. It's possible, you know, a, a receiving threat in college that just can't really carry the load in the NFL, never uh, is given that opportunity. But Jamal Charles was sort of that, 
that upper end sort of crazy, you know, if he hits perfect, who he could become. And I, th- I think range of outcomes is important. What do you think about Kenny Gainwell? Is he on your target? I know uh, Chris Robin loves him in, uh, from the Undroppables. Uh, I like uh, I like Kenny. I, I'm not as high on Kenny as some other people. Uh, he's my RB seven. Um, a lot of people forget when he was at Memphis with uh, Antonio Gibson, he was a starter. Gibson yeah. was the backup. He played him off the field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Gibson was the backup. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. He's explosive. Uh, you know, he played well last year. Uh, again, the range you, you talked about it, the range of outcomes, uh, the chance that he busts and like you said, we're not talking about complete bus here, but he's like, um, Gainwell is like a poor man's ETN. Like they do a lot of the same things. Um, they they have he's great, a better receiver. They have great receiver. They both have great. He's better than ETN. Yep. Is that what you as said? As a receiver, as I, a receiver, I yeah. don't know, man. I don't know if I would say that. I think so. I think I, so. They, I mean, they both have tremendous receiving chops. I'll say that. Sure. Yep. Um. They they don't lack for anything. You know. Uh. As far as that goes. Um. And in today's world, in in PPR leagues, and people, you know that that counts. Absolutely. Uh, like McKissick was, uh, he was a valuable piece last year when he was out there catching 10 passes every, every week. Uh, that's hard to, that's hard to overcome with, for a guy that doesn't catch passes. Um, that's hard to offset. So yeah, I like, I like Gainwell. Like I said, he's my RB seven, uh, for, to put that in perspective, uh, Chuba Hubbard is my RB six. And Michael Carter is eight. So yeah, and and, and I like it. You uh, you've kind of I, I, you know you and Tommy both have Jamar Jefferson at RB four. I've flirted with him there. I've had him as as high as that. I think um, I think I've got him at six right now, which is basically that Chuba Gainwell Jamar Jefferson sort of grouping for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's just you know the way I feel about it. Um, you know, but. What do you see there with Jamar Jefferson that you like? I, I, I Here's something that I've noticed, Term, and I'm curious about your opinion on this. I feel like every draft service, like NFL draft service, not fantasy, NFL draft services do not like – nobody has them as RB4. Like literally no draft service has them there. Like so what the hell – Why? I mean they miss a lot, man. They miss a lot because all they do is there's a lot of group think there, as there is in our dynasty fantasy community too, but – I mean, we're we're split on Jefferson. We have him as high as four, as low as ten. I mean, you know, tell me what 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 they're missing. Uh, best, I would say he's best in his own read, but he's capable yep. in any system. Uh, he is absolutely dangerous in space. Uh, Bingo! This kid in space, one on one with anyone, he's going to win. Um, right. He's a threat to score from anywhere on the field. The the thing I like most about when I watch this kid, uh, and listen, guys, I'm no scout. If I was a scout, I'd be a scout, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but what I like when I see this kid is he has vision and instincts about the position that cannot be taught. Okay? He just turn on the film and there's it's different for him. It's different when you yes. watch him. Um, 
I really like the kid. He, he, you know, he's uh, not the best, not the best, uh, obviously, but um, I really hope he goes somewhere where he can get a lot of reps uh, with a chance to contribute to to a running back room, sort of like a like a Chase Edmonds kind of guy, where he can be uh, the lightning to someone's thunder. Um, but here's I, the thing: I'm with you. Be, I'm with you. Term, term. Check this out. So here's what here's what I. I I think this kid's really good. Like, you know, he's, he's basically, um, you know, I, I don't watch college football very much, but from what I understand, this Oregon state team he played for is not exactly good. No, they're not. Uh, right. So they're not good. He, in his career, he's played 27 total games. He's played 27 total games and he's got 2,900 rushing yards. I mean, the kid's over a hundred yards a game in his career. And as a freshman, he went 1380, in 12 games. So he was over 100 yards from the get. Um, he's He has 27 rushing touchdowns in 27 games. Um, you know, he's he's 5.7 a carry for his career. He he topped out at 6.5 this year. He was playing great this year. And we're, we're talking nine. Power 5 football. We're talking the, exactly. the, the Pac-12. So some of his, his sort of box score numbers, if you start to like look at him, you're like, Oh, 600 and 800 yards in his, you know, sophomore junior season. So box score lookers will, will, will sort of look past him a little bit. I don't know that that's what the NFL is doing. I'm, I'm curious to see where they value him versus where NFL draft media values him versus where we value him. It's very interesting because there's definitely a difference. I think he's, he's definitely a top five, six back in this class. And, and I, they don't see it that way when you look at a lot of the, you Where know, do you have him? McJay's, I, I have him in that that second tier with Gainwell and Chuba, and 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 talking about it right now, I want to move him up to four. I'm with you. I, to me, he's right there. But here's the problem: draft capital matters. If I look at these damn drafts, and I got to project him as like a fourth, fifth round pick, like it doesn't make any sense. I don't think he should be a fourth, fifth round pick. I think he should be a late second, third round pick. He should be a day two pick. And if he goes in day three. That hurts running backs. I mean, that's a problem for running backs. Um, you know, wide receivers can often, you know, uh, you know, come from day three and and be significant. Running backs have a harder time doing that. They need something to happen in front of them because there's usually always someone who's quote unquote just as good, who's got more capital invested uh, for them to for them to overcome. But you know, this is a kid I think could absolutely. I mean, here's the spot. You know, third round San Francisco 49ers. I mean, oh man, yeehaw, yeehaw! <laughs> uh, this is a kid that I and um, this this is a kid that I wouldn't mind spending any second round pick in your dynasty draft on. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Any anywhere in the second round, I would take this kid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we're talking super flex. He may be a late first in non super flex leagues because I mean, obviously, it's a lot more shallow. So yeah, absolutely, somewhere in there. I mean, he, you know, if he's our RB four, that means that he could be a late first round pick easily in a uh, in a traditional non super flex league. Yeah, and like you said, a lot's going to depend on where he gets picked. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, of course, so many dreams are shattered. Uh, in the draft, I mean Rodney Anderson and all these players. I mean we've been there. Eno Benjamin. I'm not saying this kid's mm-hmm. Eno Benjamin. I'm just saying like you know, hey, we, we've all we were there. We're like a, Eno is kind of a fringe guy. Next thing you know, boom, gone. See you later. Forget about it. You know these guys are just eviscerated by the draft oftentimes, and they're only worth a third or fourth round stash at best. But I think I think this kid is not that. I I, I think he's a 
a much more special back. Uh, he showed receiving chops. He does have a season with 25 catches. And then he played two shortened seasons where he didn't get to 25. But look, those are those are not full seasons. So I think he's he's right on track for for two 20 plus uh, you know catch seasons. Uh, he's been, like you say, electric in space, which is really what you need to be in the NFL. Uh, you know, the, 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 the John Kelly and the, the, the sort of the big backs that come out that run over guys in, in college can't do it in the NFL because fucking it's the NFL, bro. You know, so there's no more of that nonsense. Uh, so, you know, you got to be elusive and this kid is elusive. So I'm with you hundred percent to your point about, uh, you know, the catches just because they didn't ask him to do it doesn't mean he can't do it. Look at James White. He had like 18 catches while he was <laughs> while he was at Wisconsin, and he gets to New England, and he's the passing down back. Sure, I mean it's a good know, point. Just just because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't done it, doesn't mean he can't do it. Um, so yeah, it's it's all it's all going to be about where where this kid lands. Fair enough. I, I, now that I got you, man, I, I you know we're going to cut it here in a minute, but man, oh man, I got to ask you one more because this one. This one is huge. So if Chuba Hubbard comes out last year, Chuba was, you know, he was all world. I mean, he had 2,000 rushing yards, whatever it was. I mean, he was just outstanding. You know, this year he comes back, a little bit of that tiff with the coach. It's COVID shortened. I don't know that he was, you know, the team was nowhere near as good. I mean, it's just all sorts of bad for Chuba this year. Certainly lost draft stock, a real draft stock, but – but in our, in, you know, at the Undroppables, we all have them either five or six. We have them right there, right after these top, this top group. We've got Chuba Hubbard. Um, are we wishing upon him, or, or is it, I mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts here with Chuba? What Chuba put on tape two years ago is not what Chuba put on tape this past year. Fact. So you're left wondering you know, you're like, will the real Chuba please stand up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like his rank, like he has among running backs in the top 10 that we're talking about here. He has the greatest range of outcomes. I think he's either going to be the, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he was the best running back in the class. If he came out, got on an NFL team and just busted ass. It also wouldn't surprise me if he came out, got on an NFL team, and he was returning kicks opening weekend. Like that, <laughs> right. that that wouldn't right. surprise me either. Like it's just so it's just so hard to know because, like I said, what's on tape two years ago is not what was on tape last year. And so you know me, I'm not like a huge I'm a huge guy, but I'm not a huge analytics guy. Um. So it's hard to know. I, you know, I know that's not an answer, but that's the answer for me. That's the answer. I don't know. Right. No, it's a fair answer, man, because I don't know either. And I do know this. I do know that in, in the second round of, of your, of your dynasty rookie draft, you're going to have a hard time finding a player with more upside than Chuba Hubbard. That exactly. I know. Yeah, exactly. That I know. That if I he know. gets to the, uh, if he gets to the second round. I mean, he may get drafted yeah. in round two of the of the big draft, and then everybody's going to be all over him if that happens. Yeah, I mean, obviously, any any running back who gets day two capital is going to be huge, and it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of these guys, and you know, uh, like big big draft. I don't know what the hell you want to call them, like draft media, whatever the fuck you want to call these guys. They've got all these guys ahead of them: Trey Sermon, Kenny Gainwell, Michael Carter. 
uh, Kylan Hill, you know, all these guys are ahead of him. Um, you know, some have some of these other guys ahead of him too, but it, I don't know. At some point, you know, Jamar Jefferson, some, some people have Jamar Jefferson. I'm looking at a, a pretty reputable spot that has him as the 194th, you know, uh, draft prospect, which would put him very late in the draft behind Jarrett Patterson and Khalil I mean, Herbert. six round. Exactly. He, I mean, I can't imagine that happening. So I got to imagine they're wrong, right? So my, but my point is, is there's a lot of that. You see a lot of that. Um, so I'm just one that, that's, that makes me hesitate. So if you're asking me, it's kind of like my ranking of, um, of, of James Robinson last year, it was before the draft. I thought he should have been drafted. I thought he was, you know, a fourth, fifth round prospect by by my metric, you know, which is just being smart. No, I'm just joking. Uh, the same guy for me this year is Elijah Mitchell. Um, he's kind of my James Robinson. I feel like he's a, you know, should be a fourth, fifth round prospect as well. I think he's a really good running back. He might go undrafted and 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 become basically nobody as well. But um, but those are the types of guys that I just don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong. You know, so it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. But I'm I'm a big fan of of, of Chuba's upside. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a lot higher than a lot of the big boys on another Elijah, uh, and that's Elijah Moore. Yes, uh, oh, that's a nice. That's a kid I love. I mean, his you know his route running and his footwork it's just amazing. Uh, that's another conversation, but well, it's not necessarily. It is it is a, a conversation to be had. I mean, Elijah Moore is going to be good in the NFL. The question is, is he you know. Um, you know, I've heard people say he's Cole Beasley. He's not, but I mean, if you want to call Cole Beasley his floor, great. Okay. But is he Cole Beasley, Deontay Johnson or Calvin Ridley? Right. You know, it's like, where exactly does he elevate to in terms of who he is? And, you know, he's certainly going to be a, a kid who can get open. Let's just put it that way. He's Deontay Johnson, you know, or I don't know, he's, he's going to be good. Um, you know, we're, we're not that I love, I do kind of like comps actually. I'm a little bit of a comp whore, but, um, what do you think, uh, uh, he sort of comps to at the NFL level? That's a big question I have about Elijah Moore. Um, I guess if you're talking about just pure footwork, um, and, and the ability to get open and, and like just his speed and have people on skates, uh, in in body, you, if you want to take body type into account, he's kind of like a, a, a reminds me of Percy Harvin. Yeah, kind of like about, what he, about, he reminds me a little bit of Steve Smith. What about Stefan Diggs? I mean, such a good route runner. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I see that. Um, I, off the top of my head, I think Diggs is a is a little bit bigger. He is uh, than than Elijah Moore. There's no doubt he's bigger. I mean, so 5'9", 185. Let me look it up here. Stephon Diggs is six foot one ninety five. So yeah. I mean, he's a little taller. Um, you know, but but I guess he's sort of that small guy who plays a little bit bigger and and, and is re- really quick. And you know, I'm, I don't know. He's he's in that he's in that family anyway. I mean, you know, he's 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 Stephon Diggs' cousin, if you will. You know. Yeah. Um. I mean, he and he fights for the ball. He, he's a he's a really good player. Uh, um. I like what I see on tape from him. Well, here's the the best part for you is, you know, you have them, I think, you know, in your top two or three wide receivers in the class and, and you won't need to take them there. <laughs> you know, you won't need to draft 
at, as as the wide receiver too. You'll be able to get him every second round. You well, know? That, I mean, that's uh, the thing. That's the thing they say, right? Uh, if the Patriots knew Tom Brady was that good, they wouldn't have let him slip to the sixth round, right? They would have taken him. Uh, so if you if you really think he's that good, why are you going to risk it? Well, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, you know, you'll know where you need to take him. You can trade back. You can you can accrue value. You don't need to take him there. You know, say, just like you did with Zach Moss. I mean, I know in a lot of uh, mock drafts, you know, you take him at the 101 and yeah, stuff I was like that. Fucking and, with people big time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, you know, but in mock drafts, you would do that. Be like, whoa, this fucking guy. You know, but when it came when that it came so down much, to it, that was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. But when it came down to it, you were able to get basically Zach Moss every time in the late second, you know, and it was there for you every time. You didn't have to, you know, trade up to get his ass. And I think you're going to be able to do the same thing with Elijah Moore. And and that's the type of thing is that that's what happens in that second round. You got to pick a winner, you know, and, and it, whether it's, you know, this guy or that guy, you got you to pick your guy. And that's where you can, quote unquote, get your guy always, you know. You know, the more I think about uh, Elijah Moore, the more I like the Steve Smith comparison. Uh, the way, you know, the way he's, he catches in traffic and fights for the ball. And he's, he's not as great a route runner yet. Uh, so that's where I, I kind of distance myself from the Steph Diggs comparison. Uh, but he's great after the catch. And uh, I think they'll, you know, he, he can be used in the slot and any offensive scheme. I, I really like him. Um, you know, it may prove that I was, I liked him too much, but we'll see. Well, it wouldn't be the first time you fell in love. You know what I mean? You're you're a you're a hopeless romantic when it comes to some <laughs> of these guys. And Zach Moss proved it to me. I'm sure there's been some more, uh, but you know, Elijah Moore is going to be good. So I don't think you're missing there. How good? That's my only question. But I'm with you. But you know, we've been we've been going long. I, hopefully, this was a good show because I feel like I was. You know, I've been under the weather. My voice did hold up. I woke up this morning. I couldn't talk. I'm sure I told you that. You know, you were like, "Oh, you're going to be able to go." I'm like. Not sure, but you know nobody nobody would ever believe that I'm unable to talk. Uh, but um, <laughs> but um, but we 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 did it, and uh, I appreciate it, man. You're 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 my homeboy. Uh, you know you're doing a great job with with the unscripted pod. Uh, people got to go check that out. You you do a great job. Obviously the the, the boys over there are fantastic. Um, you know uh godfather bz yourself everybody's done such a great job with the pod and and going forward it's going to be absolute dynamite again and hopefully i can get on there a few more times here and there you know and uh but yeah if you're if you're listening to this pod and and you want to become smart like like term makes me smart uh you know go go listen because uh dude knows how to read the silver leaves really well so um but but uh tell everybody where they can find you and we're, we're going to sign this one off uh, at FF Terminator, uh, the undroppables.com, the same place you can find Scott. Uh, Scott, you're very kind uh, with your praise. Um, man, you, you make me better every day. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this together. And I'm not talking about the pod. Obviously, I'm talking about the project. I had a yes, lot sir. of fun today. I hope, I hope everyone out there uh, listening had a lot of fun. Uh, and thanks for having me on. You got it, man. And on behalf of everybody at The Undrafted, which is Michael Duncan, our producer, editor, superstar, uh, he he claims he had James Robinson at number four. We all know he's full of shit. <laughs> and Don Mega, who mixes all of our, our YouTube stuff and, and, and video content. 
and everybody else who supports the show at the Undroppables and all you new new listeners, man, the show has been growing by leaps and bounds. Thank you so much. Go rate and review or do some shit like that. I never ask you guys for nothing. So just go be kind. Uh, go do something nice for somebody else. I don't really give a shit, but thanks for listening. Hope hope you love the show and we'll keep it rolling. See you next week. I'm out. <laughs>